Welcome to the Metro Detroit Christian Church Podcast. Up next, you will hear a message delivered by one of our pastors or guest speakers. We pray that you encounter Jesus Christ as you engage with this message. Let's just open up right now, Lord. Just thank you. We just open wide right now. We just say, we say to you, Lord, we're good soil for, for the word that's coming. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you for joy that's just going to keep working through this time. It's working, working through our souls, working through our spirit. That's just going to keep us soft as this word gets buried into our hearts. Yes. Lord, Lord we thank you for this. Let's welcome Pastor John. Yeah, amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the joy that's already here this morning. I thank you, God, that by your spirit, you are at work in us today. I thank you, God, that joy is, is bringing your kingdom to us and through us. I thank you, God, that you're breaking off something old, something depressed this morning, and, and hope is breaking in. I said, I thank you that hope is breaking in this morning. Thank you for this. We were, we were singing, you know, we can have very short memories. No, I don't want that up. You take that off for right now. Just take that off for now. You've got to follow me, guys. What, what, what did I say? We're going to do hand puppets now? Is it? Okay. Where was I? Oh, yes. We have very short memories. We have very short memories. What were we singing just now? We say, you will never fail. Do you remember singing that? Wave your hand at me if you remember singing, you will never fail. It's still true. Despite the 10 minutes that have passed since you last sang that, it is still true. You will never fail. And that's because nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too difficult for him. And so we can have hope for a good future because nothing is too difficult for God. And God, God today is going to break depression of individuals this morning and is going to release hope for a future. Even hope for a future that you see with your own eyes. Can you have faith for that? Praise God. That's a good start. All right. So we are on the move. Did you, did you hear that announcement? We are on the move. And so we're moving out of this building. We're moving out of West Bloomfield. This has been a great home. For 12 years, seemed pretty quick, but it's been 12 years, and that's what God's like. God moves you someplace, and then sometimes he moves you on, and we're being moved on, and we're moving into Farmington Hills in a new church, and that's the city we're being, as a body, we're being called to. So we're being moved on to something new, but my job this morning is to tell you that you are just like Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> and your job by the end of the sermon is to believe it. 
okay? I've got a job. You've got a job. We're all productive. This is a good thing, right? All right, now, guys, just put that first slide up. So this is James 5, 16 through 18. Can you see that? I'm going to read it, and you're going to follow. It says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would rain, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, excuse me, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. And in another translation says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being. Are you starting to see the link? <laughs> Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So your response is, who cares? No, it's not. All right, okay, good. So this... But you got a, we got a three-point sermon here today. We're going classic. We're doing classic for me hitting the classic button. This is a three-point sermon. Point number one is that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The second point is that Elijah was a human being. You don't have to write this down. It's in the New Testament right there. You can read it. <laughs> point number two is Elijah was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And point three is, again, he prayed. The heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. That's the sermon today, right there. We could stop there, but you may still go home wondering. So point number one is the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So the first thing you have to know is that you're righteous. Otherwise, you won't see yourself anywhere in that verse. And for those of you who have been in the book of Romans, we've been doing that as a church, we've been in our discipleship formation groups, our small groups, and in um, other, um, other groups. We've been in the book of Romans. How many of you noticed that? Okay, good. So 
We've been in the book of Romans, and pretty much the first half of that book is about you being righteous. Not that you had any righteousness of your own. No one is righteous, no, not one. But there's a righteousness that's revealed that's of God, that's by faith. Because it was even when you, while you were still sinners that Christ died for you. And he has opened up, as we see in, in Romans 6, he's opened up a way in which we enter into Christ's death so that we are declared righteous. Romans 5, let's have Romans 5 up. Next slide. Romans 5. Romans 5, 1 says this. Therefore, having been justified, and that means... Very good. Therefore, having been justified by faith, having been declared righteous, say declared righteous. righteous. If you don't think that includes you, then, then pretty much the whole of the New Testament doesn't apply to you. You have to find a way by faith to see that you are included in being declared righteous. It's not... Being righteous as in I'm making my way, I'm making it, I'm making my way to God. The gospel isn't even that Jesus died for your sins. The gospel isn't even that you are forgiven because of Christ's blood. That is in the gospel. That is part of the gospel. Part of the gospel is that Jesus died for your sins. Part of the gospel is that you are forgiven, washed clean, wiped clean, made completely clean, pure white, as white as this amazingly new white shirt I'm wearing. That is in the gospel, but that is not the complete gospel. And for those of you who have been around in us for a while, you're going, yeah, yeah, I know that. Maybe not. But God wants to keep breaking this open to you. And if you're new and you haven't, if, you, if you've been here relatively recently, you absolutely must get this. You must get the full fullness of the gospel, the rest of of the gospel. There's a lot of rest in the gospel. Which is, not only did Christ die, but you died with him. And you can't do much when you're dead. Your ability to please God when you're dead, pretty minimal. You're dead. This is the only way that you get righteous. It's the only way. And Romans 5 says this. It says, therefore, having been declared righteous by faith. 
faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And now we have joy breaking out. We got joy breaking, just like we had earlier. We got joy breaking out. We, we, have, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there's lots of things in there. We have peace. We have access into grace. We, we stand in this grace, this di- divine enabling, and we have this joy because of the hope of the glory of God. So there's a lot in there we could unpack, but all I'm going to do today is look at that last point. We have the hope of the glory of God. And that's, that's what I want to unpack today. I want to unpack the fact that you have hope. You have to get the first bit, which is the whole righteous thing, right? You have to know that you are righteous. And you have to know that you're righteous not because of you. You have to know that. You have to know that otherwise, and, and, and I... Without being at all judgmental or pointing the fingery at anyone, but there's an awful lot of people around who are in the church in general who, who don't know that they've died, who think it's about them, who think it's about, you know, I'm forgiven of my sins and now it's my job to, to really try and live a really good life. And it doesn't doesn't do it. You have to know. You have to know. It's the blood. You must know. It's the blood. And that's it. And you've died with him. You've been included in in that. You've been baptized into death. So you can then be raised up with him. And so that the life you're now living is Christ. It's him. Jesus says the the life he lives, he lives to God. And guess what? He's now doing that in you. That's it. Right? The life, the, the death he died, he died once for all. Right? Died to God. But the life he lives, he now lives to God, and he's living it in you. That's the only way. That's the only way to live. Just switch off the screen for a second and turn with me. Yes, you can use your Bible as well. It's not just a fashion accessory. Colossians. Colossians 1. Again, you will know this passage, but God's going to keep opening it up to us. Wasn't it amazing, Pastor Heather's opening out of Revelation? Just opening it up. Wow. Okay. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, says this. To them, so this is the word before is his saints. To his saints... God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery 
among the Gentiles, colon, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach. I love that. I think every time I preach, I use that phrase. Because this, if I'm not preaching Jesus Christ, I'm not preaching. Him is a person. We preach a person. We're not preaching a doctrine or a... It's Jesus Christ. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also, Paul, labors, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. So we've, we've been, been in that a few times in the last few months, and we've had a lot of reference, if you notice, to Christ in you. How many of you noticed reference to Christ in you over the last few months? That's a good word right there. Christ in you. And he talks about Christ in you, and then later on he says about that I may present every man perfect in Christ. So you're perfect in Christ, and Christ is in you. That's quite a sandwich you've got going. Right, you are united with him who is the Son. Christ in you. This is the mystery that God wants you to really understand and know. And he says it's his will to reveal it. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of this. So it's God's will. Sometimes you ever wonder what God's will is. I can tell you what God's will is. God's will is for you to know the mystery of Christ in you. That is the most important thing God wants you to know in your life. Not necessarily what job, where I should go next, what, what apartment I should have. Those are way down the list in terms of God's will for you. God's will for you is for you to know Christ in you and to know it. My eyesight's not so good, so I'm straining to see the back. I'm just kidding. I've got good eyesight. I've got glasses on. I'm good. <laughs> but the lights are bright, so it's difficult. Christ in you. Now, so he says, Christ in you. And he says, warning every man, teaching every man, and that we may present every man. So this is an every man revelation. This is for every person. The word man there isn't necessarily gender specific. It's not necessarily just male. It is every person. Anthropos, it can, just like we use man. It, everyone, this is an every man thing. And whenever I stand up here, I have this heart that I want my words to reach every person. Everyone in this room, if you can hear my voice, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I, I, I won't want anyone in this room to be disqualified from the grace of God. Because what I'm preaching, if I'm preaching the truth, if I'm preaching the gospel, God's grace is big enough to meet you. God's blood is, Jesus' blood is powerful enough to cleanse you. His love is, is great enough to, to grab hold of you. That's my heart. My heart is there's no one in this room who feels so disqualified that they cannot hear and respond to the voice of God. 
Because that's the truth. There is no one in this room who is disqualified from hearing and responding to the voice of God and receiving all of what is in the grace of God. Because the word says all have sinned or fall short of the glory of God. Everyone. But he also says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. In other words, all have sinned. But there's no reason why anyone needs to fall short of the grace of God. Because the grace of God is available to everyone. So this is for you. When everything I'm saying today is for you. It is, not for, it is not for the person sitting next to you. It's for you. So, when I say the prayer of a righteous, pers- a righteous person is powerful and effective, I'm wanting you to see that for you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you're excluding yourself from that, stop it. Because the grace of God is more than able The blood of Christ is more than able. The love of God is more than able to include you in that statement. So this is an every man gospel. Say every man. Say that includes me. Yeah, good point. So, my prayer for you today is that all disqualification is broken off of you because it is not based on you. It is based on the blood. It is based on being, dying with him, being raised with him. So that you are raised up with him and now his life is in you. That is getting closer to the gospel. But what I want to look at today We talked about Christ in you, and then we got four words after that. It says, which Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we're going to talk about hope. Hope breaking out in you. Hope of glory. What do we mean by that? Let's look at... Look at the next slide, Ephesians 2. We got that? Sweet. Ephesians 2 says, Therefore, 
Remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. How many of you were once Gentiles in the flesh? Okay. All right. We got, we got a yes and an amen on that one. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's who you are now. You've been brought near by the blood of Christ. So if you're feeling far off this morning, if you're feeling distanced from God this morning, I tell you, the blood of Jesus is here to bring you close. Whether you're sitting near the front or sitting right at the back, the blood of Christ is here to bring you close. And this, this, this scripture paints a picture of what it's like to not be close, to be without Christ, right? What it's like to be in the world. And it says, there's a phrase there that says, having no hope and without God in the world. Those two things go together. Those two things go together. So if you're without God, you're without hope in the world. And there, let me tell you, there's a lot of people on this planet, if you haven't noticed, who are without hope. Similarly, they are without God. But there is a solution here. You talked about Gallup surveys. I looked at a Gallup survey for last year about depression. Talk about there's a lot of hopelessness. Have you noticed there's a lot of hopelessness out in the world? There's a lot of hopelessness. It said, there's a Gallup survey, it, number of people who have or being treated for depression in 2015 was 10% of adults were, were being treated for depression in 2015. It's 18% in 2023. 18% of adults. But it's far worse in the younger generation. In 18 to 29-year-olds, 18 to 29-year-olds, 25% of 18 to 29-year-olds are, are, are depressed. They're being treated for depression. 34% of that age group have been diagnosed with depression at some point in their life. Over a third. Over a third of the people in the, in the United States of America under the age of 29 have been diagnosed with depression during their life. It is no wonder that if what is being spoken into the atmosphere is, is a life without God, expectation without God, then what results is no hope and despair. And depression. And so this is what we are seeing. We're seeing a, we're seeing a, uh, a um, epidemic. That's exactly the word that I couldn't think of. Epidemic. We're seeing an epidemic of hopelessness, despair, and depression in, 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 the, in the younger generation. Can you see that? 
I tell you, this is one reason why you and I are on the planet right now. Because there has to be someone speaking hope. There has to be someone speaking hope. And you have Christ in you. Do you not? Yeah. If you have Christ in you, then you also have something called the hope of glory. You have something called the hope of glory. That's another way of saying Christ in you is the hope of glory is in you. And the hope of glory is not just, I've got this hope that one day I'm going to be with him in glory. It's not that. Christ in you is this confidence, this knowing, this this. this expectation that you are going to see and experience something. And you are going to see and experience something which is glory, which is the nature and the character of God being, being put on display. So if Christ is in you, Christ in you is the hope of something manifesting. Even in this lifetime. It's the hope that something's going to appear, and if necessary, you're going to experience it when you pass from this lifetime. But the, eager, the, the majority of that expectation is you're going to see it and experience it sooner rather than later. If you hope for what you already have, that's not hope. That's what it says in Romans 8, right? Who hopes for what they've already got? Meaning, if you're hoping for something, you expect to get it. If you've already got it, that's not hope. But the expectation is you're going to get it. That's hope. Put next slide up, Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I believe this is David. It says this. I'm just going to read this. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is the land of the living for those of you who are Googling it. Oh, it's much better down here. You don't get blinded. <laughs> okay, repeat this after me. I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat it after me. I would have lost heart, I would have lost heart. Unless, I had believed unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have lost heart, I would have lost heart. unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's hope. 
That's hope. Seeing the goodness of God right here in your lifetime. That is hope. And God wants you to be filled with hope. Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's the hope of seeing God's manifest goodness, pleasure, character, His Spirit being revealed, His signs, wonders, miracles being seen. That's glory. And what is even better, the word says, this hope doesn't disappoint. Romans 5 up again. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we got something going on that's good. And he's the Holy Spirit who's poured out upon us. And and it's by him that some of this stuff starts breaking out. And we see it in the land of the living. We have, a guarantee, we have a deposit, a guaranteeing from the Holy Spirit that we see it in the land of the living. Do we see it all completely right now? No, I'm not trying to say what happened. No, there's, there's more, right? Who said there's more? You said there was something along those lines, right? It was good. I liked it. Lots more, lots more. Lots more. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. For many years I saw this verse and it 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 was a great encouragement to me. It talked about, it says, the love, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That's a cracking verse right there. (laughs) Right? That's a really good verse. That's, you could stick that on your fridge, couldn't you? That's a really good verse. And for many years, I found that really encouraging. God loves me. How many of you were, were, were just blown away last Sunday? Just soaking, drinking in the love of the Father. Wonderful word from Pastor Ryan. Just, just Waves of love just being poured out. How many of you experienced waves of love? Yeah, for real, right? The love of the Father, and we need it. I really appreciate what Pastor Ryan was saying. You know, we, there's this kind of like, you know, 
the kind of a cadence, a kind of a rhythm to coming back to the truth. We can't cover everything every week. Did you notice? Every week will have its own focus. God, the Holy Spirit's going to bring something out, out. I always wonder about visitors that come to our church, and I always love to see visitors come to our church. I always wonder what they think when they come in, because every Sunday it's like something. <laughs> and my heart is, come back next week, it'll be completely different. <laughs> in some ways. It'll be just as, as well, but... But it's like every Sunday there's something that God is wanting to give to us. Is there not? Is that not your experience? He's breaking through. And last week, God broke through and, and, and through Pastor Ryan communicated and refreshing us in the love of the Father. God loves you. He is a good Father. He has good things for us and He wants us to be set free from whatever our, our human understanding is of what, it, what any of those words mean. You have a good father, and he loves you, and he's, he's, he's made tremendous provision for you, and if you ask him, he'll give you good things. And so we had, we had amazing experience of the love of the father last week, and, and it's good to keep refreshing ourselves in that. I remember we, we were in that for years in the 90s, like constantly, every week, the love of the father. Right? And God's growing us up and giving us other things, sticking out, you know, giving it to us, right? Giving us different things. Right? So we're in the love of the Father. And, but for many years, this verse was very, very uh, strengthening to me, encouraging to me. The truth, you know, it's good to have a word, to not just listen to what the pastor says, right? It's good, it's good to see it for yourself in the scripture and grab hold of it. Eat it, take it down, make it yours. And this, this scripture says, this word says in Romans uh, 5, that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Great encouragement. And then a few years ago, I saw a completely different meaning of this scripture. I saw that it says that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And I saw that that was talking about not love of God, meaning God wants me to love Him. You know, it's the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And God equips you to do that. He doesn't leave it on your own to try and stir up, muster some all affection for God. No, He pours out His Spirit so you can love Him. The meaning of the word, the meaning of like in 1 John 4.10 that says... Um, I didn't write it down. I don't know what it says. It says, it says, uh, it says this, is, this is the love of God, that we, are, that we keep his commandments. Right? This is the love of God. The love of God is we keep his commandments. In other words, love of God looks like something coming out of us. It's the love of God coming out of us. And it's towards God. It's, it's, it's honoring Him. It's loving Him. And so He's poured out His Holy Spirit upon you so that you can express the love of God by, by actually for keeping His commandments. 
by actually, by actually being transformed in your inner being, by actually becoming more like Christ, by actually displaying Him and having love for God. This is all, love of, this is all the love of God. First John, First John 5.3. Oh yeah, I did have it written down right there. Okay. First John 5, thank you. First John 5.3. So, the love of God, yes, God loves you. The love of the Father. Love of God is also your, the greatest commandment. And that is not to put a heavy burden on you because God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you so you can do it. Yes? Well, I was reading it recently. I was reading this verse again, and I got a third meaning for this scripture. So God pours out his love. We, we, he loves us. We love God. But you know what? This verse also means something else. Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. He's poured out His Spirit upon you so that the same love that is in His heart, His love that he has, is now poured into you. The same God so loves the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That same love, that's the love of God. That's what the love of God looks like. The love of God looks like God so loved the world. And he is pouring out a hope that doesn't disappoint into you and his spirit upon you such that you have a love in you that goes out. It goes out into the world. It goes out to touch somebody else. It goes out to heal somebody else. It comes out to sp visit with somebody else. It, go it goes out from you. That's the love of God. The love of God is not just about you being loved. As wonderful as that is, and we need that. The love of God isn't just about you being transformed to become more like Christ and 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 loving God and praising Him and worshiping Him and rejoicing in the goodness of Him. It is that. But the love of God being poured out on you by the Holy Spirit is such that you have such the heart of God within you. You have such the nature of God within you. You have such the Spirit of God within you that something is actually coming out of you. Is that not what Jesus said when He said in, in John chapter 7, when He said, He who believes in me, streams of living water, will flow out of him. By which he was talking about the Spirit. The river of God flowing out of you is flowing out of you. It's not flowing into you. That's not what it says. It doesn't say the river of God's going to stream into you. So you'll go... The river of God... The, the, is the, the streams of God, the rivers of God, 
is to flow out of you. That, that is the hope of glory. That is the hope of glory. The hope of glory is that something's going to be flowing out of you that gets seen. Something that flows out of you that is the glory of God manifesting on the earth. Surprise! Christ in you, the hope of glory. Something coming out of you that's seen. Something that's manifesting on the earth. Are you tracking? We've been in Romans 15 recently. And I didn't, I didn't go there, but I'm just trying to sense the Holy Spirit right now. You've been talking a lot about hope. And there's a opportunity this morning. There's a window. There's a the, the, the word is present this, to for you to break out of hopelessness. And I talked about the world. And I talked about being without God and without hope in the world. But the devil is a liar. And he's apt to sow those seeds in your life, even though they're not true for you, even though you have Christ. Even though Christ is in you, and you are, and Christ is in you, and, and that is the hope of glory within you. That's the truth. Amen? That's the truth. And God wants you to break into the fullness of that truth. And that's what Paul says that he strives to perfect every man, that, he, that, that you get this. That, this is, that is, this is your experience, that you know this. So there, could, there can be a reality that 
you might not be experiencing the fullness of that hope right now. More than that, you may experience hopelessness. I believe this morning God wants to break you out of depression. I believe God this morning wants you to be free from depression. He wants you to come into a greater awareness of Christ in you. That hope, which is glory. Glory that starts in you. Where you are at right now, you not, you, you, the thought of you being an instrument of light breaking out in the nation, that might, that might seem like a couple of steps down the road. Because you're currently in a darker place. And I'm just trying to discern right now the way through on this. But I believe God this morning wants to break some individuals this morning out of depression, out of darkness with no stigma, with no judgment, only the same love of, fa- love of the Father that was here last week, just throwing his arms around you, saying, you, you know, you, you're, you're running to meet you from a long way off, to fall on your neck and to kiss you, and to put his ro- robe on your, on your shoulders, put his ring on your fingers and put new sandals on your feet and saying, come on in. There's no need for you to stand a long way off. So if that's you, would you please stand? God wants to break depression off your life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Pastors, if you could just go and just lay hands. I speak right now the hope of the gospel. I speak the light of the gospel. I speak the glory, the brightness, the expectation of good things in your life, in this earth, in your experience. I speak right now. I speak the love of God being poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit right now. Receive it, whether someone's laying their hands on you or not, right now. Just put up your hands. Just stretch up your hands and just receive it right now. I break depression off your life right now, once and for all. I break depression off of your life right now, once and for all. All darkness, all depression. All darkness, all depression. All darkness, all depression. Light break in, light of glory. Break in, break in, break in, break in. 
Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Thank you, God. Hope of glory. Hope of glory. Hope of glory be released right now. Christ in you. Christ in you. Be the hope of glory. Be the hope of glory. Be the hope of glory in you. Be the hope of glory in you. The expectation of glory. The expectation of light. The expectation of good things to come. The expectation of all, all darkness being removed. Thank you, God. Wow. So keep receiving. Keep receiving. I believe God wants to break through today in a way He's never broken through before in your life. To bring hope for a good future. For you to know the truth. To know the plans that He has for you. The plans that He has for a good future in your life. For the expectation to see these things even in your life. To experience the goodness of God. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. You have 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 Christ in you. Thank you, God. 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 Yes. Thank you for light breaking in. Thank you for the power of your gospel breaking in. Thank you for hope. 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 Hope of glory. Hope. This is the love of God for you. This is the love of God for you, to encourage you, to wrap His arms around you, to fill you with His Spirit, 
to fill you, the, fill you with His love. Pour out the love of God in your heart by the Holy Spirit. This is the goodness of God. Thank you, God. Yeah. Depression, be broken right now. Be broken right now in Jesus' name. Light, break in. That's what the word glory means. Doxa means light, brightness. Thank you, God. Great light. Great light. Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Wow. God's still moving, so we're just going to keep we're going to keep going with this for a, for a couple more minutes while we let the Holy Spirit move, minister, pour out the love of God into their hearts. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He he pours out the love of God into people's hearts. And it's he pours out a hope that does not disappoint. This is what the Word says. He pours out a hope that does not disappoint. Thank you for this hope that does not disappoint being poured out right now into these people's lives. A hope that does not disappoint that's being poured out by the Holy Spirit that's filling each one with the love of God. 
Thank you for this. Thank you for this, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, go deep. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're doing this right now. You're doing this right now. Thank you, God. Wow. Wow. Some of you who've been standing here, you also have sicknesses. You also have physical ailments. And God, God, is, God is touching those right now as well. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So those people who stood, praise God for you. I thank God. But God is breaking through in your life right now. There's an increase of light. There's an increase of glory that is yours. And I believe I'm gonna, what, I, what I release in the rest of this message this morning is actually going to have a double impartation in your life. You, you're you're going to have ears to receive it this morning. It's actually going to bear fruit in your life because, because lies have been broken out of the way. Disqualification has been broken out of the way. Darkness has been broken out of the way. So, so what I'm speaking is especially for you. Thank you, God. There's a verse in Romans 15. Some of us have been in Romans 15 recently as well. Romans 15. Verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I release that especially over you who are standing this morning. I speak the God of hope. Fill you with all joy. Fill you with all peace. That you may abound in hope. You might be overflowing in hope. That you might just be obnoxious in hope this morning. Obnoxious levels of hope in your physical body. (laughs) 
There, there may be no toxic level of hope, but there's certainly an obnoxious level of hope. And I speak an obnoxious abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's yours. And anybody else who wants to get in on that? Anybody else wants to get in on that? Okay. All right, we'll release it again. May the God of hope. He is the God of hope. Let me tell you, He's the God of hope. He's the God of hope. That's who He is. This is who He is. He is the God of hope. This is who we're talking about. We're talking about the God of hope. And the apostolic prayer is that the God of hope fills you with all joy. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? All joy, all peace in believing. Oh, believing. There's believing here this morning. There's believing for the goodness of God. That you may abound to obnoxious levels in hope. Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the truth. That's the truth. If you want to know the truth, read the gospel. Read the, read the scripture. If you want to know the truth, read the good book. It's full of truth. That's the truth. Oh. Just take a drink right now. Just take a drink of the Holy Spirit right now. Because by the Holy Spirit, you abound in hope. So that in believing, you have all joy, all peace from God, who is the God of hope, who is filling you. It's by the Holy Spirit. Take a drink of the Holy Spirit right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many of you feel like you have a little more hope than you did when you came in this morning? You want inc- yes, good man, Mark Ensley. I love it. Yes, you do. 
You have more hope. Good man. Yes. You have more hope. Seriously. Seriously, do you have more hope that you are supposed to see and you have expectation to see the glory of God breaking out? Something good breaking out. Expectation that it comes. It doesn't just come to break in over here. It actually comes through you because you've got Christ in you. Well, that's good. That's point one. Take a drink. Because I would, I would be failing in my, my promise from the beginning of the sermon to not convince you that you are Elijah. Now, Elijah was full of hope. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to equip you as well in how you are like Elijah. Are you ready? You ready to get strapped in for that one? Yeah? You ready, Joe? No? It's a three-point sermon, I said, right? You know what? But that ministry, I could, I could, obviously I could finish right now, right? We could all go home, we could have our tacos or whatever and be happy. Whatever you have for lunch. If I get tacos, I'm happy. We could go home now, could we not? But I actually believe also it's good to drink of the Holy Spirit. I also believe God is, there's, there's an expanding equipping. Right? So, whether you, so I, my heart is that if you are far off, you've come close. If you're in a dark place, you're in light right now. And now, for those you've come close and you've got filled with light, now what do you do? Are you, turn to Romans 15. Pastor Ryan gave, gave full permission for the joy to be released. So uh, the word has been released and cannot be brought back. So it's, it's, it's out there. So, so releasing joy is totally acceptable. It cannot be revoked without repentance. I'm going to look at a couple of verses here. Romans 15. We just talked about, quoted from Romans 15, about about the God of hope filling you with all joy and peace. 
and hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that looks like something. Hope being released. And if you look in the book of that the chapter of, of Romans 15, hope being released now looks like all sorts of things breaking out in real people's lives. Say real people's lives. Real people's lives. That's what it looks like. Hope looks like something, right? It, it's not just you feeling good. I'm glad you're feeling good. I'm glad you're feeling better than when you did. That's a good thing. But hope is now starting to, is manifesting on the earth. That looks like something. And, and Paul in chapter 15 of Romans starts to, describes all the different ways that this God of hope pouring things out, what that looks like. And it looks like, he says in verse 18, he talks about all the things that Christ has accomplished through him. He talks about um, in word and deed, to, in mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that, that, so that through these various places that he's fully preached the gospel of Christ. So hope being released looks like word and deed. It looks like signs and wonders. It looks like the power of the Holy Spirit being released in real people's lives. Can I get an amen? amen? That's what hope being released looks like. It's going to look like hope being released in Farmington Hills when we move into our new building. It's going to look like people coming through the doors and being saved, being healed. Us coming through the doors and being saved and being healed. And Paul goes on, and he then, this is verse 29, I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of blessing of the gospel of Christ. Paul knew what that looked like. It looked like something. And then he says this, now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, so we're doing it through Christ, we're doing it through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. And then he lists four things that he's praying for. Now, this might seem a bit of a, a left turn. That was a right turn. Paul then equips them, speaks on what it looks like to strive with him in prayers for him. Wow. You mean there's something we need to do? It's not all up to the... The big chief to do all the work. Put the other slide up, Colossians. Colossians 4, 2 through 4 says this. Paul says this. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying... Also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in change, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. This is a very similar word he's speaking to the Colossians. He's saying, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant, vigilant in it, praying that a door would be open for us, that a door would be opened for MDCC, that a door would be opened for the work of what he's doing for us as we move into Farmington Hills, that something's going to break open. Pray, ask, speak, request. 
and persist in it. Keep going in it. Because, why? Because Paul needed these prayers. Paul needed the prayers of the saints to be joining with his. Just as Pastor Ryan re- reminded us last week from Pastor Pete was talking about the, you know, the great much incense going up. Christ has done all the heavy lifting. He's, he's continually interceding for us. He lives to make intercession for us. He is praying for you. He is praying for me. He is praying for our cities. He's praying for our family. He's praying for this church. And he's saying, okay, join with me. Just, just try. Just, just open your mouth and just say a few things that just show that you're on board with this, that you actually want this. Just, just give it a go. Try asking for some things, for things to break out. Don't leave it to somebody else. Join with me and ask. And you know what? You're going to get a greater download of joy because you're going to receive what you ask for. And if you don't ask, you don't see what you're asking for return to you. There's a greater level of joy to be rolled out to you on the basis of what you're asking for, joining with the prayers of the saints, coming together, being fulfilled, and boom. That's another whole shot in the arm right there. And we can be guilty of a prayerless life. I can be guilty of a prayerless life. I am not the most fervent of prayers. There we go, I said it. But God wants to grow us up. He wants to put something in our spirits where we're asking and receiving. We're making requests of the Father and we're seeing it come to pass. And this is how you are like Elijah. Now, Eli- turn, to, turn, to, turn to 1 John. First, whoo, where did that come from? Kings chapter 17. First Kings 17. You can just take that off. Can you blank the screen? That'd be great. Thank you. First Kings 17, first verse. And Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to King Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Bold statement, would you agree? Bold statement. What I think is even more worth noting is who is Elijah? He's a Tishbite. Did that help? He's a Tishbite. All that means is he's from a place called Tishbe. Nobody knows where Tishbe is. So Elijah is someplace you've never heard of, 
from a place where you don't know where it is with absolutely no lead up, lineage, genealogy, justification, birth certificate, driver's license, certificate. Right? None of that on-ramp. Elijah is just like you. None of your, none of your genealogy or background or baggage or past or, or anything like that helps you either. Which is why God's cut it off in the cross. You are right here, right now in Christ. That's all that counts. Your genealogy, your education, your certificates don't mean anything. But Elijah didn't have any either. There's absolutely nothing recorded on what qualified Elijah to stand in front of the king of Israel and say, by my word, there's going to be neither rain nor dew until I say so. He was a man just like you. He was a person just like you. If you have ears to hear this morning, you can be you can have a you can have a you can have a greater view of your role. Your calling. Because Christ is in you. You've got the maker of the universe on the inside of you. The one for whom who has all authority. So that's who Elijah is. Let's turn over the page to 18, verse 41. So again, familiar story probably for most of you. 1 Kings 18, Elijah, this is on Mount Carmel. This is where they had the... uh, They had the competition on the mountain whereby the the prophets of Baal were going to call down fire. Whoever's God answers is the God, right? So prophets of Baal set up their sacrifice. They cut themselves. They scream. They shout. Nothing happens, right? And then Elijah puts the sacrifice, the offering on the altar. He pours all sorts of seawater because it was a drought. And Mount Carmel is right by the sea, if you've ever wondered where all the water came from. Pours all this water over the sacrifice just to make it doubly hard. And he calls on God, and God answers by fire. Right? He answers, he's the God who answers by fire. He consumes the sacrifice. He does it. God does it all. He licks it all up. He destroys it, takes it all up. It's the picture of Christ's offering, completely, com- completely perfect sacrifice. He says, it says, the um, verse 38, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, not just the sacrifice, but the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water and all that was in it. It was a completely perfect sacrifice. It was gone. Picture of the cross. Completely perfect sacrifice. Everything gone. All your sin 
gone. All your generational curse, gone. Everything that was done to you, gone. Everything that you've done, gone. And he did it. All that Elijah did was opened his mouth and believed. By your mouth, you confess. In the heart, you believe. And that was enough. That's salvation. Then there was a small matter that he went and killed 450 people. And then verse 41. That's for another sermon. Verse 41, then Elijah said to Ahab, follow follow along with me. Chapter 18, verse 41, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Amazing, huh? What I want you to see in this picture is Elijah in prayer. Now he said to Ahab, except by my word, there's going to be, well, let me get it right. He said, there's going to be drought. There's going to be, there's going to be, there shall be, not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Okay? So what does that look like? That looked like Elijah in prayer. And he said, in James, it says, the, the fervent prayer of the Lord avails much and, the, and that the rain stopped because of his prayer and then was released because of his prayer. So it's all because of prayer. It doesn't just happen. Now God is sovereign, do whatever he wants, absolutely. But he's looking for a people who are going to partner with him, who are going to be seeking him, who are going to be asking of him that your joy may be complete. There's going to be increased joy as you do this. And we see, I want, to see, I want you to see in 1 Kings chapter 18 what, Eli, what it looked like for Elijah to pray. And it said basically he was like in this, he bowed down to the ground. He put his face between his knees. And he, he, he's, he's putting some effort into this, right? He's doing something. This is, this, is, this, is a, this is a fervent prayer. He's actually, he's actually doing something. He's, 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 I can't think of the right word, but he's, um, yeah, he's got a post- posture. There's something, there's something that he's 
doing. Visceral is a good word. Was that quite it? I'm just trying, let me bear with me a sec. Yeah, continuing earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it, right? That's what he's doing. But I also want you to see that for six times, there was absolutely nothing. And for the third or the fourth time, I bet his servant was going, this isn't looking so good. (laughs) By the fifth time, Elijah himself might have been wondering. Okay? There is a season of prayer where you don't see anything. This is really important. This is not microwave technology we're talking about here. This is not instant push button, oh, you know, 30 seconds of prayer, why don't I see it yet? That's why, that's, that's why the apostle says, continue steadfastly in it, being vigilant in it. Why? Because it requires you to be steadfast in it and vigilant in it. Right? So we see, we see this sixth time And then the seventh time, go again, and then starting to see something. I'm telling you this because this is what prayer is like, and you need to know it. For you to stay in it, to keep asking, to keep knocking, even though you don't see it. This is a pattern that's repeated over and over in Scripture. They went round the walls of Jericho six times, right? Nothing happened. That, those walls were just as solid on the sixth time as they were on the first. There was probably some grumbling in the ranks. There was probably some dissension if they had a county convention on this topic. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing happening. The seventh time, they went around seven times, they shouted, the walls fell flat. Something happened. Naaman the Syrian is a Syrian. Just because the faith of a a servant girl said, you can get healed if you go and see Elisha. A little bit of faith. Goes to see Elisha, told, Elisha tells him to go and bathe in the Jordan River. Seven times. And I don't think, when it says dipped, I don't think he just bobbed up and down. I think he got in the water, got wet, came out. Got in the water, came out. Nothing. Got in the water, came out. Nothing. Got in the water, came out. Absolutely nothing. Got in the water, came out, nothing. Got in the water, came out, nothing. This is what prayer is like. Got in the water, healed. Breakthrough. Miraculous power. Salvation.
This is what prayer is like. Moses goes up on the mountain. It sounds like, it sounds like a joke. Moses goes up on the mountain. <laughs> Moses goes up on the mountain, and it's, he, goes up the, he goes up the mountain multiple times. I lose count how many times Moses goes up the mountain in Exodus. Exodus 24, he goes up the mountain to receive the law. God says, come up the mountain, I'm going to give you the law. Fantastic. He goes up the mountain, nothing. If you meet someone at a coffee shop and they're 10 minutes late, you're going in your phone and your text thing and you're... Nothing the whole day, God doesn't show up, doesn't say a thing. Day two, nothing. Day three, nothing. Day four, nothing. Day five, nothing. God has called you up there. You're Moses. You're on the mountain of God. You've got a pretty good idea you're in the right place. Day six, nothing. Day seven, God breaks out. Seven days you shall work. The seventh day is holy to the Lord. Sorry, six days you shall work. Sorry, six days you shall work. The seventh day is holy to the Lord. God was created on the sixth day. Man was created on the sixth. It's getting late. Man <laughs> was created on the sixth day. Right? The seventh day was a day of rest. Holy to the Lord. This is where God breaks through. This is, where, this is the power of God. Six is the, num is the number of man. This is what you can do. What you can do doesn't cut it. You need God to break through, right? You don't save yourself. You can't make anything happen. You need God to break through. This is the clear pattern of Scripture over and over again that you have to wait six times until God comes through. As a pattern of Scripture, I'm saying. In other words, it's not... It's not you doing it. It's God breaking through that does it. That's what counts. And I, but I want to encourage you in that, that in prayer, that striving and asking and being in it, it's going to mean that for a, for a season, you're not going to see squat. You're not going to see anything. It's going to be like nothing's happening. And the apostolic command for you is to continue in it is to stay in it, is to strive with your apostle, that a door gets opened up. Even though it's like, I'm not seeing it. It is the clear pattern of Scripture that if you have hope, if you see what's coming and you, you stay with it and you, and you ask, you will receive. When God breaks through, not based on anything you have done, not based on how wonderful you are, but purely because of him. He's going to break through. Are you with me? Yes. So there's some things that God wants to do in our lives. And that's where this is going. You know, it says, it says so we had the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That was point one. Point two was that Elijah was a human being even as we are. Did you get that point? And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And point three is, again, he prayed, 
and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And that, my friends, is where we are going. We are going to harvest. That is where we are going. Even if right now you're looking up and it's like, I'm not seeing it. We are going to harvest. It's what God is doing. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. And we're going to close with Ezekiel 36 today. Ezekiel 36, verse 33. Thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities. There's a day. It's called the day. There's the day. That's the day of the cross. That was that one perfect sacrifice There's the day that cleanses all your iniquities. So on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities, and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. So they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. The wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. I will increase their men like a flock, like a flock offered as holy sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast days. So shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. This is what God is doing. This is what God is doing. I preached out of Ezekiel 36 last April, and that word just jumped out as I was finishing up the sermon, that knowing that God was giving this to us. He was giving us the opportunity to ask. God's saying, I'm going to let you ask. If you want this, you can ask for it, and I'm going to release a flock of men, a flock of people that you can't count, and they're going to be just like the feast days. It's going to be just like those, those, those lambs that are up for slaughter because they're going to know their death with me, and they're going to come into salvation, and it's going to be like an increased white flock that is, that is, that is yours. But if you want this, you can ask for this. 
And we took extended times of prayer last summer. I don't know how many we did. We did multiple Friday nights and uh, a group of people, 20 or so people of us would join and we would pray. There were powerful times of prayer. And then we felt like we came to a, you know, good time to, we felt like we, we did what we had the unction to do. But I don't believe that word is ended. I believe this word is still in the air over this move into Farmington Hills. That we have been given the opportunity to ask, to, to, to tread this word backwards and forwards. That's what that word inquire means. It means to like to tread backwards and forwards, like treading the grain. You're kind of like, you're, you're beating something out of it. You're, you're kind of, you're, you're putting some work into it. Something's going to come out of it. You're beating a path to something just through our prayers. And God is still giving us that opportunity, I believe, for us to join with him. To say, if you, God is saying, if you want this, you can have this. And, and he's, he's, he's making, what he's going to do through us, he's going to make our lives, our church, and our city like Eden. Heaven on earth, that, did not Jesus say to pray, right, that your will be done on heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. It really is getting late. On earth as it is in heaven. And to have Eden restored, innocence restored, relationship with God restored. And so I believe that Word is still in the atmosphere over us as we move into our amazing new facility on a new building in Farmington Hills that we have the opportunity, and I encourage you to open your heart for the, to let the Holy Spirit put the love of God in your heart. But the love of God, not just for you in your heart, but a love of God that's coming into your heart that is actually overflowing and flowing out into, into a whole city. It's flowing out to a whole people. And maybe you don't live in Farmington Hills, but it can go where you live as well. It can flow out of you into your neighborhood. But I do believe it's going to flow out of us into Farmington Hills in power because you are going to be there. You're, going to be, you're joined with us. We are one body. Whether you physically live there or not, there's going to be an outflowing of, of the love of God that's actually going to touch and save and restore people where they live so that they will have hope. The same hope that you have, the same darkness that you've been broken out of, they're going to be broken out of even deeper darkness and come into an even greater light. So you stand with me. The Lord is saying to you this morning, if you will receive this. If you will receive this word this morning. Thank you, God, for this people. I thank you for each person in this room right now. I thank you. You have joined us together in your son, and you've called us to this place. 
I thank you, God, for every person in this room, that your love has reached them this morning, that your word has touched them this morning, that your spirit has filled them this morning. I thank you for this. And God, I believe you're saying right now, the Lord is saying to you right now, receive hope for your life. Receive hope for your life. Receive hope for your life. Receive hope for your family. Receive hope for your children. Receive hope for your elderly parents. Receive hope for your siblings. Receive hope for your city, for your street. Receive it. You are my instruments of hope. I am in you. I live in you. You died and your life is now hidden in me and I now live in you. Hope expressed looks like you praying, you asking, you seeking. I am building a laboring prayer into you. The result will be a kingdom that is seen in the earth. Word and deed, signs and wonders, the power of the Holy Spirit, rebuilding cities and resulting in a flock of people. Harvest. Receive harvest into yourself right now, church. Take harvest into yourself. Just open up your your heart a little wider for harvest, for crops. Yeah, open up your heart for harvest. Open up your heart for more people. Even one more person. Open up your heart for one more person in your life. Open up your heart. For at least one more person in your life. I tell you, some of you who stood earlier, that is the secret for breakthrough in your life. Is an open heart for one more person in your life. Thank you, God. So Elijah was a human being just like you. He was a human being just like you. But he asked and he received. And it was powerful and effective. And you are powerful and effective in your prayers because Christ has made you righteous.
And because you ask, you will ask, and 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 then you're going to receive rain. You're going to receive a harvest. We will receive a harvest, and your joy will be full. Amen. Amen. Thank you for this, God. Thank you, God. Do you believe that? Then I'm done. Amen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed wrestling with the Word and the Spirit as you engaged with this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.metrodetroit.org and have a great week.